Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fisker's third quarter earnings call. I'm Frank Borak, VP of Treasury and Investor Relations. Uh, joining me on today's call are Henrik Fisker, Chief Executive Officer, David King, Chief Technology Officer, and Dr. Gita Gupta Fisker, Chief Financial Officer and Chief Operating Officer. Please note that today's discussion includes forward-looking themes about our expectations. Actual results in future periods are subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause our results to differ materially from those mentioned. These risks include those set forth in the press release we issued earlier today, as well as those more fully described in our filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Today's discussion also includes certain non-GAAP measures, including non-GAAP operating expense. Quantitative reconciliations of our non-GAAP financial information for the most directly comparable GAAP financial information appears in today's earnings release. everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie and I am your host. And on today's episode, as you can probably imagine, we are going to talk about Fisker's Q3 2023 earnings call. And you know what? I did not hate this earnings call. Uh, they were optimistic. Let's see. The overall tone was they're not where they want to be, but they're optimistic. And, you know, I think Heinrich Fisker has a little bit of the Elon Musk in him and that he, he's always optimistic about things and he's a little bit of a, a salesman. But uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think Fisker's going in the right direction. Their stock price isn't, but I think the company itself is going the right direction. The overall theme of this earnings call was deliveries and more specifically, <laughs> how Fisker is going to get better at them. Uh, right now, they're, by their own admission, terrible. All right, let's go ahead and jump into Heinrich Fisker's opening remarks. If you didn't know, Heinrich Fisker is the CEO of Fisker. And the opening remarks, as always, are edited because not everything that they say on earnings calls is relevant to this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump into Heinrich's opening remarks. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for our third quarter 2023 earnings call. I want to thank all our stakeholders, teams, and partners for all the hard work and continued progress we've made in 2023. The third quarter marks a strong progress for Fisker as we continue to ramp vehicle production and deliveries of the Fisker Ocean. Raise additional proceeds through an upsized financing transaction, continue to spread our brand with, with new Fisker facilities, test drives, and pop-up events in several cities across the U.S. and Europe, and adjusting prices, pricing for the three ocean trims. 
All of these actions continue to position us for a long-term sustainable and profitable growth. As our focus shifts towards ramping deliveries, it's incredible to see our product land in the driveways of more and more consumers every day. And I personally met a lot of customers who admire early adopters and supporters of the Fisco brand. We have an amazing production ramp, which has proven its ability to already have manufactured almost 9,000 units, 9,000 units, a level other EV manufacturers taken four to five full quarters to achieve and solid demand. But we have not been able to follow through with deliveries fast enough. People have paid and are waiting for the cars, and some of them are really getting annoyed. And that's something that we need to do something about. All right. So he mentioned that they've produced 9,000 cars. The problem is, is they can't deliver the cars. And Gita Gupta Fisker is going to go through, who's the CFO and chief operating officer as well. She and, and Heinrich and Gita are married. She is going to go through why deliveries are difficult and what's going on there. But Heinrich goes on to say in his opening remarks, the things that they're going to do to help fix some of these problems is they need more retail space. Um, that's partly for marketing and partly they need more space for deliveries. So when we get to Gita's update, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but having a place that you can, you know, intake a car and you can charge the vehicle, wash the vehicle, fix anything that might be wrong before it goes to the customer, uh, and then and then have the customer come and pick it up is much more efficient than bringing something to, let's say, a, a hub, kind of doing some of those things. You don't really have charging infrastructure. You, you don't have the right uh, uh, tools or the, the right space to fix anything that might be going on with the car, maybe a scratch or something like that. And then delivering the car to the person's house. Like this is really convenient to the person, but not so great and very time consuming for the company. So they're going to work on their retail space, both the, the stores where you go and you look at a, a Fisker ocean or Alaska or whatever, uh, but they're also going to be working on delivery centers, which I think is really important. They're also working on, you know, uh, locations where these vehicles can be fixed and worked on. They're hiring more service workers, like mobile service workers, to help uh, uh, combat some of these problems. Of course, that doesn't have anything to do with delivery, but that's what they're working on. In terms of getting their name out there and brand recognition, they're increasing their marketing efforts in TV and print, and they've changed their pricing strategy. Next up, Heinrich is going to give us a ocean update. Let's go to the detailed ocean update. As mentioned earlier, we are encouraged to have delivered 1,097 vehicles in Q3 and exceeded that pace in just the month of October, and November is tracking even higher. Now that we have filled our outbound logistic pipeline with finished vehicles moving through various stages, we can provide consumers with more accurate delivery estimates and strategically ramp our deliveries. With a demonstrated ramp in production well underway, this heightened focus on our delivery capabilities will reduce the gap between production and delivery times. We have continued to add sales and service team members to support the strategic focus. 
our total number of marketing, sales, and service employees has increased more than four times since the end of 2022. Not only are we expanding into new markets, but also expanding within existing markets. In Europe, businesses are responsible for a large share of vehicle purchases, more than in the U.S. For example, in the U.K., over 50% of new vehicles were sold to businesses last year. Employer fleet programs are quite popular, especially those where companies offer their employees the ability to lease a vehicle with pre-tax money. Fisco is negotiating over 20 agreements with operators in Europe that will provide broader consumer access to the Fisker Ocean and represent a new growth channel for us. These agreements could add tens of thousands of potential ocean customers. It has been exciting to see the positive feedback and reviews from early con- customers and third-party sources. We also recognize we are continuing to pursue to optimize the user experience, and we are pleased to have recently rolled out our first over-the-air software update to address bugs and enhance the driving experience. Very few companies actually have OTA capabilities for in-depth engineering functionality of the vehicle beyond entertainment functions. Our deliveries in third quarter of exactly 1,097 uh, cars is the fastest uh, first full-year quarter delivery ramp of any U.S.-based EV OEM. And I want to thank our team for making this all possible. To date, we have delivered over 3,000 oceans with many more en route to customers, and people are still anxiously waiting to get there. I know some customers in the U.S. wondered why we started already started delivering Ocean Extreme uh, models in Germany a few weeks ago. Well, we have actually sold out of the Ocean Extremes in Germany, meaning we have delivered all of the Ocean Ones in Germany, so we have to start now delivering the Ocean Extremes. And that's actually quite exciting that we were able to do it that fast, and we already are seeing strong demand for, demand for Ocean Extreme. And of course, Germany is the biggest market in Europe, as I mentioned earlier. All right. That uh, that that wasn't a great Fisker Ocean update. Delivered ten one thousand ninety seven in Q three. All of Q three, like they've produced over or around nine thousand vehicles. I don't know in what time frame they've produced that, but just in Q three, they only delivered one thousand ninety seven. Sounds like in October they got pretty close to that, if not exceeding it. And November should be the same. Again, we're going to go over this when uh, Gita comes on and gives us her update. I think taking advantage of, you know, the the market in Europe when it comes to fleets is really smart. Not only is it beneficial because, you know, they, they get a tax benefit of doing that in Europe, but it's also beneficial because Fisker doesn't have to deliver those vehicles all the way to the United States or any, you know, some other country that's far away like China. So um, I think that's smart, and I, I like hearing that they're doing that. Let's go ahead and move on to future product updates. And now future product updates. In August, we held a product vision day in Southern California, showcasing Fisker's uh, exciting future product lineup, including Pair, a radical new segment-busting compact SUV designed to capture a large addressable market, Ronin, a luxury sports car, and Alaska. In, in a segment of its own. Now the several OEMs have postponed their EV programs. This sweet spot is about the size of a Ford Ranger, so the Alaska fits right in a new segment where there's currently no EVs. 
and it's got unique features. Of course, it's got more luxury than the counterparts that have gasoline engines, and it'll have a flexible bed between four and a half foot to seven and a half foot. And the price is confirmed to start at $45,900. That really puts it in a complete unique segment. And after this event, we brought these vehicles to Munich and put them on display ahead of the uh, automobile show in Munich. Lots of consumers and com commercial buzz, including from other OEMs, interested in a potential collaboration with Fisker, which could quickly increase our scale and manufacturing for these vehicles, including platform sharing and manufacturing. Our communication with Foxconn is progressing. In fact, I just talked to them this weekend, and we expect to finalize these plans very soon. And of course, it is to manufacture the pair in the Foxconn facility in Ohio. And this vehicle has 35% less part than a similar sized EV, so it's quite unique. And we will also have a surprise around the LA Auto Show, uh, where, which is about in a week's time, where we will actually show the production intent version of the pair to journalists. And it will be available to see at our Grow Lounge for about a week during the LA Auto Show. Another excitement, exciting development in the quarter was our announcement that Fisker will adopt the North American charging standard on its vehicles starting in 2025. We signed an agreement with Tesla that will provide our customers with access to over 12,000 additional superchargers around the U.S. and Canada. Sustainability, as I mentioned, is one of our strongest pillars in the company, and ESG remains at the core of everything we stand for at Fisker. In the third quarter, we published our annual ESG report that reflects the value-driven culture we have created across our people, processes, products, and how deeply rooted sustainability is in our business. And it's paying off. It is differentiating us from any of our competitors, as I just mentioned earlier. This report is an important tool that we use for ongoing CO2 reductions and to apply for future vehicle programs. This ongoing analysis helps us work toward our goal to create a climate-neutral vehicle. We also expanded our ESGS reporting frameworks to now include reporting through the Carbon Disclosure Project, CDP. I'm also proud to announce that we just kicked off our carbon-neutral car that will be based on the pair and it will arrive in 2027, way earlier than what anybody else have announced. And next week, Fisker is hosting a sustainability roundtable for journalists on November 18th to elaborate on our ESG initiative, discuss how we accomplish the lowest possible carbon footprint of any electric SUV, and to encourage deeper engagement on these important topics as we are showing the production version of the pair and the Alaska electric pickup in about a week's time. All right. I have kicked around flying to L.A. for the day and doing the L.A. auto show. Unfortunately, there's just too many things going on in my life and, and with my family and, you know, nothing bad, just busy kid stuff. I don't think that's going to be a practical uh, trip for me, but it is something that I'm like, I'm really tempted to do. It's not a. It's not an expensive flight to L.A. It would not be hard uh, to, for me to fly to L.A., go to the L.A. Auto Show for a couple hours and come home. But overall, um, I don't think it's really practical at this point. Uh, CES is still up in the air, but I would really like to see what Fisker's got planned. I'd like to see, uh, uh, get a look at the Alaska and the pair and all this other stuff. There's, uh, there's other companies that I'd like to see as well, 
But uh, yeah, I think this is, I, I think what Fisker is doing is really interesting. Whether or not it will pay off, I have no idea. But what they're doing is really interesting. It sounds like they're trying to exploit that small pickup market. $45,900 is, is not the best price ever, but it's not super high. You know, it's within, it's a, it's somewhat attainable for the average person, right? The other thing that I thought was interesting was the carbon neutral car based on the pair. I'm not sure that I have. I've heard uh, about that car, so I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on that. All right, let's move on to their new chief technology officer, David King. Now, I'm going to warn you that this man sounds an awful lot like Peter Rawlinson. Just let you know, like maybe Peter Rawlinson, that 200 and something million dollars that he was paid at Lucid Motors wasn't enough and he needed to to do a side job under a pseudonym at uh, Fisker. But this, uh, to me, it's a dead on. Maybe our friends from the UK can, you know, listen and tell me where I'm missing it. But he sounds an awful lot like Peter Rawlinson. So let's go ahead and jump into David King. He's going to talk about the over-the-air updates and a little bit about the pair and Alaska. With regard to the open update that we've rolled out, we recently completed the new OTA update 1.10. This was in direct response to early customer feedback and included optimization of the electronic stability program, including improved traction control on surface changing roads, refinements to regen braking, improved energy management, and connectivity for remote functions, along with some other tweaks. Amongst the positive feedback we've had from many customers, the center screen UI UX system has been highlighted as very intuitive, simple, and enjoyable to use. And we have further improvements and feature enhancements ready for OTA release imminently. This ability to continually refine and enhance vehicle software and release it through our cybersecurity system and OTA platform means that the customer experience will continue to be enhanced throughout the life of the vehicle, building on the foundation that we've released to introduce new features and make broad updates across various aspects of the vehicle. So far, we have four waves of updates deployed on vehicles in the US and Europe, two of which have successfully been updated on over 2,000 cars to date. And it should be noted that this is all in-house capability. And I'd like to give a shout out to our engineering team. Their competence and dedication has allowed us to develop an incredible first product at a very rapid rate. Having such an impressive team completely owned in-house is a key component of our FISCA strategy. Our ongoing investment in great people and processes means our OTA updates will further improve in speed and efficiency, allowing us to deliver our roadmap of new features and functions on a regular basis. Over the next few months, we will be rolling out updates that include energy data on the solar sky route, adaptive drive control with radar cruise control, auto hill hold, hill hold, and several others. Before we get to David's Pear and Alaska update, I do want to say that I find it very fascinating that companies can talk about something like over-the-air updates, which Tesla has been doing for a very long time. Lucid Motors has done for a little bit of time. Rivian does, and other companies as well. That these over-air updates are somehow revolutionary. They're, they're not. They're 
they should be expected from every new car, whether it's an ICE vehicle or an EV at this point in time. Um, I think that I think it's great that they have them, but they keep talking about it as if they're cutting edge technology and maybe behind the scenes, like the stuff that you don't see, the security and how everything works, which most of us wouldn't understand. Maybe that is uh, revolutionary. But in terms of updating your car, it's a lot like updating your phone. It's it's not that like at one point in time it was really exciting. It's not super exciting anymore. It's not revolutionary at this point. We are this is something that should be expected, I guess is what I'm saying. But I do appreciate their um excitement about over the air updates, a technology that's been around for quite some time now. Uh, whether, you know, it's a car or a phone or a computer or whatever is getting your, you know, your doorbell gets over, over the air updates at this point. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Pear and Alaska update from David King. Now, let me update you on Pear and Alaska. We have been investing to build great competence in computer aided engineering or CAE, which allows us to accurately test almost all aspects of the vehicle virtually reducing development time spent on craft safety, NVA, dynamic, powertrain, digital performance, and other testing. Everything we've learned from the Ocean program is being embedded and enhanced, and we are now using this for the next program, allowing us to dramatically reduce development time. So much so that we are already entering the prototype phase for Alaska, where we will build a fleet of fully representative vehicles to generate physical test data to validate our CAE results before moving to production release. And the pair, as was announced at the August 3rd Product Vision Day, will feature our own new Blade Central computer, which will deliver 6.2 teraflops of compute performance with seamless 5G and Wi-Fi connectivity. We are excited to preview a short demo of this functionality during the LA Auto Show later this week. Not only are we hard at work on the future high-volume programme, but my small team in the UK is busy developing several exciting niche projects, including the 4C off-road package for Ocean. As an off-road enthusiast and ex-rally driver myself, I'm particularly looking forward to testing the 4C very soon. I think it's going to be quite a beast. I'm not much of an off-roader. I do enjoy it if somebody else wants to ruin their car and uh, or a project car and go off-roading. I do enjoy doing that. I can't imagine spending whatever, uh, you know, let's say, let's say you buy a new Raptor, right? The, the Ford Raptor F-150. And that thing's like $120,000, $130,000. I can't imagine taking that thing off a road, off road. It's so much money. I have a friend who is telling me about his friend. This is a friend of a friend story who had just purchased one of these, uh, F-150 Raptors. And his friend fully plans on taking it off-road. I guess it's warranted from Ford to go off-road, so he's going to do it, uh, which is like it, I would have heart palpitations. The thing costs so much money. Anyway, uh, I, the, I think the pair and Alaska update was was good. Uh, there's not, not a lot to talk about there. Let's go ahead and get into Gita's update. And first thing we're going to hear is the production update. And I should say the production delivery update. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let me provide you with an update on vehicle production and deliveries. We continue to make great progress in ramping up vehicle production, including ensuring there is a steady supply of parts from our suppliers. Including the impact from summer shutdown in August, 4,725 vehicles were produced in Q3, and that's up from 1,022 in Q2, a production ramp up to the tune of 430%. With the production process hitting its stride, our top priority has moved to supporting the growth and scale of our outbound logistics delivery network launching multiple sites across EU and North America for preparing vehicles with latest software for delivery to our customers. In the third quarter, we delivered 1,097 vehicles, up from 11 in the prior period, an almost 10,000% increase. Let me provide some additional color on the delivery cadence during Q3, which grew from 86 vehicles to 279 vehicles in August, to 732 vehicles in the last month. During third Q, 3Q, delivery efficiency was impacted by a variety of items that we are already improving. What we faced are logistical challenges as we ramped our truck and last mile transportation partnerships, and we streamlined our processes, which were compounded by a limited charging infrastructure at various processing centers, uh, and in, in order to alleviate them, we are now adding mobile charging and uh, uh, static skips. Uh, and in addition to that, we also had some real estate constraints. 
On real estate, we experienced COVID delays, which impacted the timing of our permitting and construction schedule. We have multiple initiatives underway that will continue to improve our delivery efficiency. For example, we now have multiple sites ready that are ready to do go pickup and home delivery and will be ready by the end of the year. We're already thinking ahead for 2024 and are accelerating the acquisition of fiscal real estate as we conducted a survey where more of our customers uh, want to pick up their vehicle from a fiscal facility as opposed to home delivery, which is also faster. We are in the process of opening up a dozen new locations in North America, which will increase our throughput and provide more options for consumers. I recently visited our contactless pickup uh, location in Long Island in New York, and it is a very central location, very exciting location, and we have more and more locations that are coming up. In parallel, we have added now three more delivery partners. We've introduced customer pickup and also something called Fisker Direct, where dedicated Fisker employees, they drive vehicles to customers if the distances are under 60 miles and give a personal tour of the vehicle. We have had uh, employees from all different various org parts of the organization participate in this initiative, and this has been a delight for several of our customers who enjoy listening to how the UI was developed or how the car was designed or how the propulsion works. This uh, strategy increases our geographic reach and delivery volume capacity. Streamlining data integration to provide more accurate real-time information flow will also help us more efficiently plan and schedule deliveries. We are in the process of integrating the ETAs and delivery schedules, so we will be able to provide customers with more accurate home deliveries as we move forward, which I know has been an annoyance to several customers in the recent times. Fast forward to October, we delivered over 1,200 vehicles in October alone, more than the entire third quarter. And November month-to-date deliveries point to further growth versus October, illustrating the ongoing efficiency improvements in our delivery ramp. As Henrik mentioned earlier, till date, we have delivered over 3,000 vehicles, and we have 100 more on the way to, to customers. The ramp in production and deliveries is coming at an opportune time where we are benefiting from several cost tailwinds. For example, our predominantly Euro-denominated supplier contracts are benefiting from Forex exchange rates that are close to their lowest levels in nearly two decades. All right. Before we get too nerdy there, um, I do want to mention a couple of things. Uh, we've talked about 1,097 deliveries in Q3 2023. That's up from 11 deliveries in the previous quarter. So, uh, you know, they're moving the right direction. A uh, last mile delivery is a problem. Uh, let's see. Uh, charging at delivery centers. I could definitely see that being a problem. Getting level two chargers at bare minimum to uh, these delivery centers, or even if they're temporary, is going to be a huge advantage for them. And I mentioned this a little bit, but the real estate and the delays in the real estate, like it's fine to have a storefront where you're showing your vehicle. That's basically marketing, right? That gives people a place to go and ask questions and learn about the car. But you got to have these delivery centers because delivering one car to a customer 
every, you know, who, who's within 60 miles is not efficient. Like that Fisker employee has to drive 60 miles, which could take, you know, two to three hours. Let's say it, it could technically take an hour, but let's say we'll say two hours, right? It takes them two hours to drive there. They spend an hour with the customer and then an hour to drive back. That's not very efficient. That's not very efficient. And on top of that, like, are they getting an Uber back or are they being driven back by another employee, which in that case, you're taking two employees away from other things that they could do so they can deliver this vehicle. I think that it's, um, I think it's good customer service to do this, but it's not practical. I don't think you're going to be able to do that for very long. And what they really need is they need delivery centers where 50 or a hundred people a day can come and pick up their car and all of the employees are there. All the employees are doing their job. If a customer needs something that's a little bit extra, it's not going to be a, you know, two to five hour inconvenience for them to, to take time out of what they're doing, you know, during the day to answer a question or to fix a problem. Next up, Gita is going to walk us through what happens after a vehicle is produced by Magnus Tire and it gets handed over to Fisker. What happens? So let's go ahead and listen. As vehicle units get produced by Magna and they get handed over by Magna to Fisker, they arrive in a compound 20 kilometers away. They await a rail to get to the port of the Bruges in Belgium. They, at that point in time, they await getting on a vessel and they make their way to five chosen ports here in the U.S. As they arrive at the port, they get required software updates as we are consistently releasing software uh, during the course of uh, uh, previous several weeks, and we will continue to release software. These vehicles then make their way to vehicle processing centers all over the U.S. for final pre-delivery inspection and preparation uh, for delivery to our customers. This entire journey can take anything from five to eight weeks more than what happens when a vehicle is going to a European customer. One of the things that I really like about Tesla's earnings calls, most of Tesla's earnings calls, is how forthright they are. And Fisker has you know, a similar amount of, hey, we're going to let you peek behind the curtain and see what's going on here. And I think this is a good example. And I found it really interesting. I would have actually liked her to go into more detail on deliveries and some of the challenges and how they're fixing them at each level. But I'm happy to get what we get, honestly. Um, I did think it was interesting that you know, it's very complex, five to eight weeks to get a car here to the United States. Obviously, that's shorter in the in Europe. And we mentioned that when we talked about fleets. Let's go ahead and move on now to the say.com questions, which are investor questions. And the first one is on the U.S. federal tax credit. Uh, while it's anticipated that the pair in Alaska may be built in the U.S., are there plans for the ocean to be built in the U.S. So that all Fisker vehicles could be eligible for the U.S. federal tax incentive. Yes, thanks, Frank. So let me touch on Foxconn. Like I mentioned during the earnings call, I I am in contact with Foxconn, and I will say we have to finalize an agreement for manufacturing this year. So, so I am uh, quite optimistic that uh, we are very close to finalizing an agreement. Obviously, we will announce it when it's done. It is a complex agreement. Uh, but it's definitely in its end phase. 
uh, when it comes to and and by the way, it goes for the same with Alaska. Uh, we are we are talking to Foxconn about Alaska as well, uh, but we're also talking to some OEMs uh, about sharing the Alaska platform and potentially building in their factory here in the U.S. So that's still on the table. I expect uh, it, we will have to make these decisions very soon. Uh, on the ocean, uh, it will depend where we end up with uh, Alaska, for example, because there can be synergies there. But we are already looking at potential uh, ways we can manufacture the ocean here in the U.S. And yes, we need to manufacture it eventually here because we will. it's more sustainable. We'll cut down on the transport times. We'll make more money on it. So absolutely, that's something that we eventually will do. I think it's interesting that Foxconn may build um, Alaska trucks there. Um, I think it's interesting that he talked about licensing Alaska to other OEMs. And it sounds like, you know, if everything goes right, Foxconn will start building vehicles in 2025, whether that's the pair, which I would imagine that's what it would be, or the Fisker Alaska. Uh, that's that's good news. And, and interesting enough, the Foxconn plant that they're talking about is in Lordstown, Ohio, and that plant was being used by Lordstown Motors to build their truck. And, you know, that uh, Lordstown Motors isn't gone because the original com- the original owner bought them back. But they're they're probably not coming back. They're probably going to be like Faraday Future where they have enough money to string along investors and, and potential customers. But that's about it. You know, they're, they're probably gonna, not going to make a strong comeback with, with that truck anyway. Maybe they'll do something else, but the Lordstown Endurance probably isn't coming back. All right. Uh, got off track there. Next one. Is Fisker prepared for EV sales slowdowns? One of the things that we've heard across most all of our earnings calls is the macroeconomic environment and how that's hurting sales. And, you know, people aren't buying EVs right now because of, you know, reasons and, you know, interest rates are high and there's wars all over the place at the moment. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty. It feels like in the world it probably isn't reality, but it feels like it. So let's get Heinrich's thoughts on that. We've heard talk of a slowdown in EV sales with companies like uh, some of the Detroit brands reducing their production forecasts. Is Fisker prepared for a market that's slowing down and what measures is it taking to protect its interests? So I think first, if you look at the big picture, what really happened, there was a lot of excitement about EV two, three years ago, and maybe even longer, four years ago. And and some companies brought out EVs uh, because there was probably the impression that as long as you had an EV, it would sell. I think reality is that there was not many EVs that came out that had segment-leading features. So why would you buy some of these new EVs when there was other EVs on the market that still were better? I think that's what we have seen. However, with the Ocean, we have a segment leader. We have the longest range of any SUV sold in either Europe or U.S. in our class. And that is a segment leader. And now there's a reason to buy an ocean. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, we have features that nobody else have that a lot of the customers love. California mode, solar, etc. And if you want these features, there's only one car you can buy, and that's the Fisker Ocean. And I think that's why we see continued demand 
of course, uh, what are we doing if, for whatever reason, the demand would slow? Well, as Gita mentioned, our vehicle is homologated globally, actually. So we are going into Canadian market this year. We are expanding in Europe. We just expand into three new markets in Europe uh, about a month ago, starting delivering there. And in first quarter next year, we're expanding into several other European markets we are not in yet, for example, Spain and Italy. And we still have many markets in Eastern Europe as well. Uh, we do have uh, basically importers for regions we normally wouldn't go in asking us to become uh, importers of those regions. So that's another area we could take. Finally, we have announced we're going into China next year. Uh, so all these new markets actually helps us keeping the momentum and the growth. So I don't see really uh, for us at this point in time a lack of demand and a lack of possibility to expand our ge geography. And, and I want to mention something else, very important. Uh, we have a vehicle that is in the U.S. considered compact SUV in Europe and China. It's probably more of a medium size. It is a universal product that sells globally. If you're sitting, if I was sitting on a full-size pickup truck, it would be great for the U.S., but probably couldn't sell it anywhere else in the world. If I was sitting on a full-size SUV, same issue. No, but very few people buy full-size SUVs outside uh, U.S., but we have a global product, and I think we have shown it. So our main issue now is we've got to figure out how do we get it as fast as possible to our customers, meaning in big, big bundles and not just, you know, 100 a day. We've got to get to our 300 a day as fast as we can, and we've already put that in motion, and I expect that we'll get there very soon. I agree with him here. I think he makes a lot of good points. It, it, it remains to be seen if the Fisker Ocean is a segment leader. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like all of your features have to work and your software needs to be fully formed and baked. And, you know, you got to have your car out in the world for longer than a couple months to call yourself a segment leader. But other than that, I, I agree. Um, you know, Fisker just needs at this point to deliver vehicles. Uh, they are a small company. A lot of people want to own a Fisker Ocean. They just need to get those people their vehicles. And it sounds like they're really counting on the Alaska to sell. And previous earnings calls, they talked a lot about the Fisker pair. And on this earning call, earnings call, they talked a lot about the Alaska. Now, previous earnings calls, the Alaska was not, we didn't know about it, right? Maybe last earnings call, we knew about it. I can't remember where it fell in terms of the event. But in previous earnings calls, they talked about the pair as much, if not a little bit more than they talked about the ocean. Now that the Alaska is out and everybody knows that it's going to be a, a vehicle, it knows it's going to be a thing, they're talking off, an awful lot uh, about the Alaska. So I don't know if it's a shift in focus. I don't know if they just see, you know, they just got a lot of really positive feedback. I, I, don't, I don't know what the deal is there. All right. Um, next up, we have an analyst question. And really, it's it's the only analyst question we have. So let's go ahead and jump into that question before we end the show. With deliveries uh, delayed, how is Fisker addressing customer support? And how fast can Fisker reps reach cu uh, customers while when a, when a driver uh, has questions. 
Well, so uh, we, of course, recognize, as I mentioned in my script earlier, that we have a gap uh, in our service and uh, delivery uh, uh, infrastructure. Uh, the first thing we've done is, uh, in terms of our marketing sales and service employees, it's actually increased more than four times since the end of 2022. So we are hiring in every area. We are hiring in home delivery, Fisco Direct, a team that delivers vehicles to you. We are also ramping up our real estate initiatives. We uh, increased the number of our delivery partners. In addition to that, we have also set up a call center where customers can call in and uh, ask questions about their delivery and ask questions about their service. We actually have currently an initiative ongoing in the company called Excellence in Service, where we have put a group of uh, um, experts together to look at how they can reach out to all the customers because we still are obviously in the thousands, um, still in the single-digit thousands, and to make sure that if there are pending accessories or if there's any uh, area that we need to support customers with, including any software upgrades or any questions about the vehicle or any dents or scratches the customer needs help with or any usability issues, we are constantly informing and engaging the customers. So all customers may not have received a phone call, but every customer will as this uh, task force embarks on making sure that all our customers are heard. We're also in the journey of hiring mobile techs all over the country. We already have a very substantial pool of technicians, almost bordering to 75 technicians, and this will keep growing. So we can serve our customers no matter which part of which state you're in or which part you're in. As long as our uh, mobile techs have their toolkits and a computer and they have the ability to repair your vehicle. We have partnered with various body shops across the country. So if there are any cosmetic issues, those can uh, easily be dealt with. We are currently utilizing a global uh, network with a third party called Odessa. But as I mentioned earlier, we have our own locations coming live, which will also have capabilities of service. Now, we Typically, do not expect customers to come to our facilities and we will come to you, pick up your vehicle. But certain facilities will also allow customers to visit if that is more convenient. Now, our remarkable team continues to work around the clock to bring our uh, 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 world-class vehicles. And again, I want to remind everybody that we have a, a 1844 number where customers can call to receive immediate assistance or they can also email their queries um, uh, typically. So it sounds like Fisker is trying to build up that customer support. It sounds like they have a good, you know, strong foundation when it comes to customer support, but it could be better, of course. I don't have really much to add on that because this is this is kind of a long episode. Uh, I did, I did lie a little bit though. There is one more question. I apologize. The next question is: How long do you think it will? take you to overcome this issue uh, with delivering the cars? Is it, you know, a, a two or three quarter problem? Is it a year problem? Let's go ahead and listen to that. Uh, how long do you think the, the delivery infrastructure, if you, uh, Henrik, you talked about some of the, um, some of the, the hiring patterns. Do you think this is sort of a one to two quarter um, uh, issue or could it be longer? Yeah. So uh, look, we are growth company. So it's not like we're expecting that in one month we are up at a certain level and then we stop hiring and now we just keep delivering. We're going to be hiring and growing for many, many years. However, when we talk about the immediate need is to get to the 300. And I think uh, we will be able to do that by the end of this year. 
Uh, we are opening, I think it's about three or four facilities in the next, uh, within the next month. Uh, so, so like Gita mentioned, the difference is if you think about sending out a hundred trucks to a hundred people versus inviting just on four places, 25 people each to come and pick up the car, you can probably even invite a hundred people on each of these locations. So now you can much quicker get to these 300 a day. And that's something we have lacked. We have not been able, and I, I'm sure people may not understand that. Unfortunately, we could not invite people to Odessa. It's an enclosed compound where no people is allowed to enter. They're in the middle of nowhere where people barely can drive, and, and it's just not a facility you can do deliveries. So that impacted us much more negatively than we originally had thought. And we immediately changed that in the last couple of months and we are now ready to start these mass deliveries at our own facilities. All right. Um, I've already talked about a lot of this stuff, so it doesn't make sense to, to rehash it, other than to say it's not practical for Fisker to deliver one car to every single customer at you know random locations across the world. It makes more sense to have delivery centers. All right, everybody, that is it for this episode. Friday, we will have news. And next week here in the United States, it is Thanksgiving. So we have, uh, I have some episodes, fun, uh, fun episodes planned for the Thanksgiving week. I hope you all have uh, a wonderful, uh, what's today? Tuesday. I hope you, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I'm a creature of habit and I used to do this podcast once a once a week and I would always say have a great week. So apologize. I hope you do have a great week. I'm mumbling. So let's go ahead and end this. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. And yeah, um, I will talk to you on Friday. First of all, thank you everyone for listening. I would like to say that um, we did see some surprises here in our deliveries as we had talked about most of the time, but we saw them actually a couple of months ago. So we have obviously made adjustments, gone out, getting more real estate quicker, hired more people than we anticipated. We have also seen as our original idea was to be a fully digital car company where everything was done digitally. We have seen people actually like to meet people or get on the phone and talk to a real person. So this is things that we have accelerated up and adjusted to. And I think it's one of the strengths of our company that we've been able to adjust to the situation. We have a great manufacturing facility. We have great demand. The last part of the puzzle is getting this deliveries right. And I'm convinced that with our team, we can do it. And I'm really excited about the next coming week and next couple of months. So thank you very much, everyone. And thank you to the Fisker team as well. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 